If you will take your Bibles and go to the book of John, uh, 1 John, 1 John chapter 4, verse 18. 1 John chapter 4, verse 18. And we're going to read that. As a matter of fact, I'm just going to read it off the screen. There's no fear in love. Say fear. fear. Say love. But perfect love casts out fear because fear has what? Torment. Torment. He that fears is not made perfect in love. Now, I want to get over into this today, but let me just say it this way. And this is something that's kind of burned in me for a long time. I've never really preached it, and, and I just feel like I need to deal with it today. Um, <clears throat> it's something I used to say a long time ago, and I got a, caught a lot of flack over it, to be quite honest with you. People thought I was throwing condemnation. I really wasn't trying to do that. I probably came off that way in my younger years because there was a lot of pride there. But what you have fear in, you have no authority over. If you have an area in your life that you're in fear, you have no authority over that thing. And I've talked about this before. With, 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 we got the big bulldog at the house that, that, you know, Jordan, when she was a baby, would walk in. The only word she could say was sit, and he'd sit right down because she had authority over that animal. Most of y'all would burn your house down if you saw a spider in it because <laughs> you have no authority over that spider. You think that that little bitty spider can flip you down and take your money. And it's just not the case. And it's all a mental thing. And, and that's how it is in the faith. Uh, and I, I want to address this real quick. Um, now, I'm not a conspiracy theorist. And I'm not that guy that, that runs with the crowd on certain things. But, but let me just tell y'all, so, y'all ain't going to get the coronavirus. <laughs> Listen, when, when Fox News has somebody that was on the ship with all the virus and he's... He's FaceTiming them, and he's in quarantine. He's like, y'all, it's just a cold. There, there is something being built up by fear. So let me explain something to y'all younger folks. Now, I'm, I'm 47. So my age and older, y'all understand what I'm about to say. Y'all just listen. When I was young, we were going to get killed by the killer bees. Y'all act like y'all didn't know nothing about no killer bees. They made movies about the killer bees. We all thought we was going to die in quicksand. Right? They told us the ozone layer. Y'all don't know about ozone layer. They recycled it and called it climate change. See, we supposed to have been dead a long time ago. And if y'all let this stuff get in your heart, you get fearful of every single thing. You know, there's been the swine flu, SARS. All this is all the same thing. Y'all, people get sick this time of year every year. It happens. You know, more people are going to die with the flu than they are the coronavirus. I hate to say that, and we believe God for them. But, but the truth is... We let things get in our heads. And if you let that get in your head and it causes fear, then you have no authority over those things when they begin to show up in your body. Uh, and I'm not saying that anybody's, uh, uh, you know, I'm not saying that, that being, you know, you're supernaturally Superman and you're always strong. And, you know, we all have moments where we're weak and we struggle and we fight through things. But for the most part, what we fight the most is fear. And, and it's fear of people. It's fear of things. It's fear of stuff. It's, it's just fear of whatever. Public speaking. Public speaking is the greatest fear. People are afraid. But let me tell you something. If you know your material, now we ain't talking about just preaching. But if you know your material when you stand up, there's always going to be that apprehension. But the minute you move past that, you move into what you've trained. The whole point of the word is to train you to get past the initial emotion and to move over into where the training is. Now, most of us don't get over into this right here. We don't get into perfect love that casts out all fear because fear is torment because fear is not made perfect in love. 
We don't get over into that because we stay, we want to be cautious. People say this to me all the time. Well, Pastor, you've got to have common sense. Well, yeah, I do agree that you should have common sense. I mean, if you see somebody that's hacking and coughing and blowing snot everywhere and they put their hand on a pole and you walk up and lick that pole, you're ignorant. You're just ignorant. But, but what I'm saying is there is a very real, I've got a book in here. I'm already off my message, so y'all just roll with me. I've got a book in there that I love, and the title of the book is this. I think Jordan's already read it twice. It says, Before We Kill and Eat You. You've read it. It's a good book. Have you read it? It's a good book. It's about a missionary, and we actually know his wife. She's in the HEMA conference with us. And he uh, would work with a guy. They would go on missions. And I'll get to the title of the book in here in a minute. But they would go on missions, and they would have to take all these shots, and they would have to do all these things. And they refused to do them. And the doctor's like, you're going you're gonna to go over there, and you're going to get black fever. You're going to get all this. You're gonna... He said, look, that stuff has to die when it touches my body. And they didn't believe it. They, they, listen, listen, April, April can confirm all this. This is documented medically. This is not just some preacher, okay? They took blood out of his arm right there with him standing there, put it under the microscope, put the virus on his blood. The virus died. He had perfected love in that area because he knew what he was called to. And he knew he was going to be around this all the time. So because I'm around this all the time, I have to be spiritually able to deal with this. I can't be worried about getting all these fevers and some mosquito biting me and me not being able to do what I'm called to do. So he stayed in prayer and in worship and in focus until he developed perfect love. God loves me enough. He called me to it so God will take care of me. That's faith 101. All this confession and all these, these making bold declarations and at the house being scared, that is not faith. That's just you putting on the faith show. But you got to get to where there's no fear no fear. And I do mean no fear. And when you, listen, I, I'm not, in, in the American church, it's hard for us to get there because we, we ain't even in marriages without fear. Oh, oh, is he cheating on me? Oh, is she talking to somebody? Is it, you, you, the enemy just always trying to get you into fear. Now, now, look, when you understand that there is no fear in love, you should want to stay in love all the time. Right? But we don't because, listen, what is big in us is what we feed. It's, now listen. In Genesis, Satan is a snake. In Revelation, Satan is a dragon. Who fed him? How did he grow? So there's a whole bunch of chapters in between. But somewhere something's still going on. He's still being fed by What? And that's if we, your fear works just like your faith. Now, look, we, we're not going to talk about coronaviruses and quicksand all day long. But the truth is this. When we talked about last week, we said there are two kind of people in this world, broken and those that will admit it. Once you admit that you're broken in an area, you can begin to move from struggle into relationship. Once you admit your brokenness, you can let God begin to heal you. Now, look, <clears throat> truths about Jesus are this. When you want to really walk in love, it's real simple. Number one, Jesus invites himself to you he pulls on your heart well i'm saved you know he did that no no every day every day the love of who he is should pull to you every single day you should want to move closer to him you're not going to be perfect let me just set y'all free you're not going to be perfect ever but you can be perfected 
You can be in a place in the spirit that, that God is. See, what, what we got to understand by that word perfected, it means this. It means that you're forever being refined. You are being put through the fire all the time. So, the pure, so, so everything can be wiped off and the pure things can stay. You're not ever going to have it right all the time. We've got to get out of this mindset that you're going to know everything about everything. You're not. But you can know the one that knows everything and just do what he said and feel like everything's going to be all right. So we got to understand Jesus invites himself to you. <clears throat> Jesus wants to be near everybody that's broken and nobody else. Think about that. Jesus wants to be next to everyone who's broken and nobody else. So if you're broken, he wants to be next to you. He doesn't want to be near perfect people because they don't exist. He's the only one. And number three, Jesus invites himself to rest. <clears throat> he invites himself to rest in us and for us to rest in him. Now, what I want you to do, I want you to go to John 10, 10 real quick. John 10, 10. He's going to put it up on the screen, King James. Well. <clears throat> John 10, 10. Book of John, chapter 10, verse 10. The thief doesn't come except to steal and to kill and to destroy all things based in fear. Y'all see that? To steal, to kill, and destroy. And he says, I have come, this is Jesus speaking, I have come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. Now that word life is all-encompassing. Now, everything that you can think of that will eliminate fear is in that life. What he wants you to do is be so close to him that you feel his breath. Because if you start breathing in him, you start exhaling him. Some of y'all just waiting to exhale. You got a whole bunch of knowledge, but you ain't moved over into saying what he says about you. We've spent way too long in church trying to build churches and not building people. People need to be discipled, and we're not talking about the discipline with the stone and a whip. We're talking about the discipline that says this is who you are. You have to know who you are. You have to know who you belong to. You have to know who has you. And has he got you close? Or do you, you, are you that kid in the mall? You ever seen the leashes? They got the kid on a leash like they a puppy. They got a pet. You, are you that Christian? Is, is the Holy Spirit forever having to pull you? Not now, Junior. No, we're not going in that store. Listen, I'm, can I just pull the curtain back? I'm a dad, and I got a bunch of kids. I ain't never had one of them I had to put on a leash. Now, now, now I'm fixing to tell y'all something. Now, I can count on one hand, one hand, the amount of spankings I've given my children. But you know what they know? That I will. Right? Now, that's not fear. That just means they know correction will come. Now, the Bible says, I felt y'all shift right then. Listen, the Bible says that fear is the beginning of wisdom. That's the Old Testament. You need to do some research. Amen. The Bible there, the word fear says honor and respect is the beginning of wisdom. So you're not called to be afraid of God. God is not going to electronically zap you for doing something wrong. You may screw up and be, be ignorant enough to pull yourself out from underneath the covering, but that doesn't mean the covering's gone anywhere. Amen. That he always wants to pull you back in, and he always wants to bless you, and he always wants to start you further than where you stopped. Amen. 
Y'all got to quit thinking that, that it, well, if I, I done messed up, I can't go back to church now. I done messed up. I got to start. I got to go way back. Start. No, no, no. With God, you fall forward. Amen. Come on, y'all. Y'all got to understand. God is not out to cause you problems. When the Bible says perfect love casts out all fear, that is there for a reason because he loves you enough that he doesn't want you afraid. Yeah. One of our, one of, I probably shouldn't tell you all this, but when does that ever stop me? <laughs> they, Cameron and, and Drew, show, well, Cameron showed it to me, but it, was, it had to do with Drew. Uh, they got a meme on their phone, and it's major pain. Everybody said, y'all know who major pain is? And it's got him screaming in somebody's face, and it says, your dad when you're little. And then it's got Damon Wayans over there smiling. It says, your dad with his grandkids. <laughs> but major, the reason that's funny to us is Major Pain used to be a movie we watched a lot. And my favorite scene in that movie is when the little kid's afraid. The little, he keeps saying, there's somebody in the closet. And, that, and he's had, Major Pain's having a bad night that night. So he comes in, and next thing you know, he's got that 45 out. He puts about eight into that closet. Wow, 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 wow. And he says, well, if he's in there, he ain't too happy. <laughs> Y'all, as funny as that is, that's the Holy Ghost. If he's messing with you and you use the word, he may be there, but he ain't too happy. Because you have what it takes to put distance between you and pain. You have in you the word. You have in you. you ain't got to know all of it, but you better know some of it. People have made the mistake of trying to memorize scriptures when all you have to do is move into a place where you just say what he's saying to you at that moment. See, because if you will say what he's saying to you at that moment, it, that is the tool you need for that moment. We're trying to be super Christians, and we're trying to learn everything. We're trying to say everything. We're trying to confess everything. And my God, I've got this going on in my life. Let me go to this website, download this confession. That's not in your heart. That's in your hard drive. you got to get it in here. you got to be willing to get before him and say, God, I'm a mess, but I'm a mess you called, so get to work. And he will start talking to you about the adjustments you need to make. You leave this church and you drive that way or you drive that way till you find a bank. Okay? You walk into that bank. And inside every bank has this amazing set of wheels and latches and vaults and combinations and computers and things like that. And, and I used to clean carpet for a bunch of banks around here with my business. Every single one of them had one thing in common. All their vaults were pretty. Some of them were really cool. Some of them were old school. Some of them were brass. Some of them were steel. All these different things. But you know what didn't change? The door swung on little bitty hinges. Everything in your life is either released or locked up behind two or three small adjustments. You think you have to do this sweeping thing to be this super person. And God's just asking you for this moment, work on this. For this moment, fix that. For this, adjust this. And it amazes me when I preach messages like this, dealing with fear or dealing with whatever, whatever it is I'm dealing with, usually by the time we get to the back door of the parking lot, I done heard 13 people say, well, I'm afraid. What are you afraid of? You understand that you are covered Amen. by the blood Amen. of the strongest entity that ever. Let me explain something to you about this blood. If, if, if I have a surgery and I have a big problem in this surgery and I got to have blood and Tyler's blood type and Nate's blood type is the same as mine and they go give pints of blood and they take their blood and put it into my body, what do you think begins to happen? 
It begins to heal back up. Everything begins to work right. And that's just them. But you're covered in the blood of the most perfect individual that ever walked. You, you, let, me, let me explain something to you about this blood. God became flesh not just to give us Jesus. God became flesh. The Bible says that murder was put on him. Ezekiel prophesied that he would be beaten to where he looked like bloody hamburger. That, if you wanted, that's what it says. You got to understand that this was God in man. So that the actual blood of God that can't be used in the heavenlies could be used on the earth to now cover you. So that everything God created now sees himself on you. And when you begin to act like God, now I'm not saying that you are big G. I'm saying that you are his son. My sons, everybody that's around. Joe, Joe come in last week. Well, I ain't seen Joe in a while. Joe looked at Zion and he goes, you still just like your daddy. You know why? Because he is. <laughs> because he's mine. He spends time with me. He talks like me. All of my kids, everybody's like, well, Cameron. Cameron country with a K. I don't know where that came from. But, 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 all, but that's his thing. But all my kids talk, walk, act. Because they are mine. They spend time with me, good, bad, or indifferent. They, they watch me. They learn. They see her. They react like she does. We are their covering. Right. When you understand that God himself put the blood on you to cover you, there is an expectation that you would operate that blood like the daddy did. Amen. See, when people, like when Joe said, Zion, Zion, he's still just like you. Zion has no other. Zion can't act like nobody else. He can't. He tries. He can't. Now listen, Zion is so much like his daddy. When he, how old was he in the old building? Out of three, three or four. He Grayson's age, my granddaughter's age. I walk out of my office. Now you got to understand the old building was the size of this stage. So the sanctuary was there. We had a bathroom where this TV is and my office was about to, you know, Matt, you got a bigger office than I had in the first building. So I'm in my office, and I hear this uproar, and I'm going to the sanctuary, which is like four steps. So I walk out, and on about step two, I got about ten men standing in a circle throwing money. I'm like, what in the world? And I look in, and Zion and his little four-year-old self is covered with cash. Cash, putting in his pocket. Got, you know, he had a fedora then, too. He had, hat. He had a little hat out. Just cash. Bigger offering we got that day. Like, what in the world? What are you doing? He goes, what was it he was wanting? A little Fisher, Fisher, what was a cop car or something? A little Fisher Price cop car. He said, Dad, I just took up offering. (laughs) I said, you can't do that. He said, you do it every Sunday. Just like his dad. Was he wrong? He was following an example. In his brain, he had been taught faith. You have not because you ask not. Just happened to ask Ricky Allred. Ricky Allred said, hey, boys, y'all ain't going to believe this. Kid throws that out. He he could have bought that thing twice. He had so much money. It was stupid how much money he had. At four, he paid a power bill, I can tell you that. Listen, what's the point? The point is, is he didn't know to act any different because that was his example. So when Jesus says perfect love casts out all fear, what he's saying to you is you will learn how to act by following the right example. 
You, you don't learn how to behave like a Christian. You learn how to just follow Jesus. We've gotten so focused on punishment. We're in love with punishment. This person screwed up. We banish them from the kingdom. You can't find that in the Bible. But yet churches do it every single Sunday. They give them the left foot of fellowship because people can't act right. You hear because they can't act right. That's what we're here for. And let me just tell y'all something because we all holy and perfect. They're supposed to see you and learn how to act right. Are they? Or are we just hard on people? Because we're supposed to be the hospital. I've been in places where doctors come in. When, when, I, when I had, back in 03, when I fell off that deck and hurt my back so bad, because I was a drug addict before I got saved, the first thing they treated me like was a drug addict. They didn't treat my injury. They treated what they thought. I didn't ask them for no, and she, my wife's right there at every doctor's point. I actually told them, do not give me any medicines. Matter of fact, if I'd have taken the amount of pain management, what is pain management? Anyway, don't get me started on that. If... If I, had, if I had taken what they told me to take, I'd have been a zombie anyway. So I didn't want anything. I just wanted my back fixed. So when I go to the person that's supposed to help me, all I got was superiority and judgment. And that is remarkably how the church is today. When we're not called to be above, we're called to be together. There's never supposed to be a pyramid. There was supposed to be an arrow. I was, never, I was never called to be the leader at the top. I was called to be the leader in the front so we can go together and do what we were called to do without fear and not backing down because we were called to it. And if he called you to it, he's given you what it takes to go through it. Doesn't mean it's gonna be without effort. Doesn't mean there's not gonna be struggle. Doesn't mean people won't say something to you or things, the money might not be there. But faith is not always pretty, but it is always effective. And you just have to get through the symptoms sometimes. We do this. We tend to want to take things and make things like we think they should be. And you have no idea how God's trying to set it up for you in the future. We're, we're, me personally, I'm just going to pull the curtain back. I ain't going to go into too much business because my wife's gotten on to me about telling my business too much. And she's right. But... With the opening of the Becoming Center and a lot of things that's shifting in this ministry over the last few months, I have been one in, un, in, under one of the greatest physical and mental attacks I've been under ever in the ministry. And I'm having to remind myself that on the other side of it is where I'm trying to get to. That I'm dealing with some symptoms and I fell to them and I got sucker punched and I said, okay. And I laid there for a minute and made fun of myself and then cried about it and whined and oh, I, I'm not the man of faith I thought I was. But at some point, that stuff's got to end. And at some point, perfect love begins to cast out the fear. And although there may be a few symptoms, it doesn't mean... See, my problem is this. I have have great respect for people who who are dealing with something and walk through it and just keep going. It's when people start to have a little struggle that they lay down and quit. And I, although there's no quit in me, there was exhaustion. And it show, starts showing up in my body. And there's, there's things that I have to do to adjust. But here's the thing. Perfect love casts out all fear. So although I may have to make the adjustments, I'm not afraid of it. Because here is the key. If you have fear in it, you have no authority over it. And I refuse to live my life in fear. You can't make choices as a pastor based on fear. Are people going to leave? 
You can't make choices as any kind of Christian based on what other people think. Listen, I was told this a long time ago, and it has become my best friend. And I want all of you in this room to remember that. Once you have heard God, you stop listening to people. People will shut you down. Because God may tell you something crazy. Crazy. And people, let me tell you something. People ain't as smart as they think they are. They, they really think they know everything. Have you ever met anybody who didn't think they know everything? I think we all think we know everything. And if you're a teenager, you really think you know everything. It's just when you get in your 40s, you realize, okay, I'm kind of egotistical, but I really don't know anything. But here's, here's what you got to understand. When you move over into a place that you release what you know and start accepting what he knows. Listen, I'm probably not going to be helping you today, but here's the thing. When you stop listening to people, you find out who your friends are. Amen. You really do. You find out who's around you. Because let me tell you something. If they can click a like button or an unfriend button, they ain't your friend. That's just ridiculous to me. And not only that, the amazing thing is for the people that get mad when you ain't talking to them. On, y'all, this is, social media is a game. It's perpetual high school. What's real is who shows up when you're in the hospital room. What's real is what, hey, when, when you can't pay your power bill and you struggle. What's real is when you get the letter in the mail that your spouse walked away. What That's real, and you find out who cares then. When you're, when you're past your high point and you're down at your low point and you're looking around going, my God, who's here? That's who your friends are. And let me tell you something. Fear will stop you from even remotely reaching out to those that can help you because you think they will judge you. And the truth is, is if people are really in Christ, they will know that judgment was on the cross. Your heart is to be open and receptive. Doesn't mean you don't get corrected. Listen, you never, let me tell y'all something. Y'all never reach a place where you don't get corrected. Ever. You should always have people in your life that, that correct you or love you enough to tell you the truth. But that doesn't mean that you have people around you that are hard and mean all the time. Because Jesus is not ever going to be mean, but he will be firm. You've got to get to a place where you're able to receive what he says because you know he loves you, not because you think he's mad at you. Amen. April and I were in Texas, Dallas, Fort Worth. Um, how long ago has that been now? Probably about 10 years, 10, 12 years. Huh? When, when Matt Gober got on to you. Greatest day of my life. Huh? About 10 years ago. I don't, I'm not kidding either. Matt Gober got on me every day of my life for 15 years. He got on to her once. That's all it took. I was dumb. She took it one time. So we're standing in Dallas-Fort Worth in a hotel room. I'm up in a room. We're on like the fifth floor. And we were at Brother Copeland's ministry conference. And it was one of the second or third year we were there. Just, we were just there. And uh, <laughs> I look out the window. I just happened to look, and I saw, the, uh, I saw the car pull up that had Mac in it. And I saw Caleb and Joshua get out. And I saw the Phil and Casper, the pilots. I saw everybody get out. So I said, hey, man, I'm going to see. That's Dad. You know, that was, that was, he's like my dad. So we're going to see Mac. So I take off. Well, she, she just says, oh, okay, just let me know when you get blah, blah, blah. She's. I don't know what you were doing. She doesn't watch TV, so I really don't know what she was doing. So Pinterest wasn't, wasn't a thing then, so I know she wasn't on Pinterest. <laughs> so, so I get down there, and we're talking and, and all this, and he said, hey, where's, where's, where's April at? Because he loves her like a daughter. 
And I said, hold on. I called her. And I said, hey. And then he starts screaming in the back, girl, you better get down here. So she, she's like, oh, here's voice. And she starts coming downstairs. Now, I'm, I'm going to condense this story real quick because this was the greatest 45 minutes of my life. We get down there. Come here and stand with me, sweet. Yeah, come on, come on. So we're standing there. Yeah, I'm, I'm here. I'm holding her hand just like this, just like this. And she's holding it about as passionately as she's holding it right now. So, because she don't want to be up here at all. So we're standing here and we're talking to Mac and Mac's talking to us about stuff. Well, as he's talking, she turns and starts walking off to talk. Let me, I'm getting there, girl. You're supposed to be the amplified version. I'm the King James. Let me get here. So, hey, I had seven people last week tell me to stop looking at the clock, so we're going to be here a minute. Uh, so she keeps turning and trying to go talk to the pilots. Now, we're all friends with this entire ministry. They're like family to us. So she starts turning, and she's trying to talk. Now, while she's doing that, now, y'all pay attention. This is what I'm doing. And then she'll go right back over there. And I'm like, and about the third time, Matt goes, that's all right. Just let her do it. So I let her go. I said, yo, yo. She walks off, and then... We go inside, we walk up for him to sign in, and he turns to talk to her. This is about the fifth time now, and she's walked off again. And about that time, if you've ever met Matt Gober in your life, if you haven't, you, you missed an opportunity to meet a man of God. But this big, booming voice. Now, we're, we're in the foyer of, of, of the uh, what, 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 Holiday, Holiday Inn. Inn, and this ain't the Holiday Inn Express. This is a real deal one, you know, and... When I say real deal, I mean the bar is right there. You know what I'm saying? And the bar full because they just got out of a game. So y'all are the bar, okay? So we're standing about right here, and he goes, April Bailey. What would he say? There, he, won't be a second there won't be a second time. Yeah, and, and like the whole bar goes. And get their drinks. And they go, and yeah, and then they, put, they went. They all started praying because <laughs> this big leather-bound biker dude is getting on this little woman. And he starts giving her probably the greatest lecture she's ever heard. And he told her how important it was for her to understand that when he was talking to me, he was talking to us. That she needed to be right there. Because he saw not only, not only us as one flesh, he saw her as equal in the ministry. But see, what y'all don't know is that the amount of pastors, and I will not say their name, but the amount of pastors that have told her because we have so many kids, she was holding my ministry back. Y'all have no idea the amount of pills she's taken to try to kill herself and wake up the next morning because of preachers. So Max said, you need to know you're valuable. And he gives her this. Now, this real now. Even the girl behind, now the girl behind the counter is right there, Nate. Yeah, I'm sorry. And the girl behind the counter, she just kind of, she's trying to slide a rolling chair over just slowly. And he's just... But, he's, but here's the thing. Now, there's more to this story. We're not going to get there. But he had taken the last two years and loved her almost every day. He would send her texts and emoji faces and how much he believed in her and all of this stuff. For the first time in her life, she had no fear that he really loved her. So when he corrected her, and I mean tough corrected her, like I was even like, ooh, dang. Because now, in my brain, I'm thinking, I got all these friends with planes. Somebody's taking me home because she's going to leave. That's what I'm thinking. It had been three years before I went. She'd have left. 
She'd have left. So she and the fact that she was still standing there, I was kind of amazed by. So then we get in the we get in the the uh, elevator and we're going up. And she goes because she can't ever just let sleeping dogs lie. You know, she's always got to. She said, "Mac, I just want to tell you, I love you, and I'm sorry." Well, then he just turns around and goes. Now, you are not sorry. You are the righteousness of God. And the door opens and she runs out and goes, I'm going to my room. Takes off. And I walked in and she cried for hours. Like, I'm like, you got to shut up. Like, even one point I said, is there any tears left in that body? She just sobbed. But, but although we, we laugh now. But what it was is she had realized. She had realized that, that she had been corrected, yes. Did it hurt her feelings? Yes. But she realized he did it because he loved her. Because what people didn't understand and what we didn't understand until a few days later is that we were, we were supposed to be meeting some people that I won't talk about. That's, I'm not here to name drop. But we were supposed to be meeting some people that had she done that to those people, she would have never had the opportunity to be in that room again. Because he was trying to promote her. Not in ministry, but to try to get her around people that could teach us things we hadn't been taught yet. So when I say, thank you, you sit down, I know you're uncomfortable. So when I say perfect love casts out all fear, what I'm saying is if a man in the flesh can love somebody like that, and I'm talking about somebody who would never, ever, ever let anybody talk to her like that ever because of all the brokenness in her life, if that can happen between humans, what should be able to happen in the spirit? Because Jesus is not mad at you. We have used the church as a weapon. We have used preachers. We have used sermons as weapons to correct people. When our job is to throw out seed and to show you how much he loves you. And when she stood there, and let me tell you something. When she, when she went upstairs and went in that room and laid on that bed and started crying and she wasn't packing her bags, which is what I fully expected to happen, I'd already had Dean Sykes on the phone. Hey, pal. We, I'm flying home with you, whether you like it or not. Um, but when she, when she got up, now listen, here's the key. Did she cry? Yes. Or her feelings hurt? Yes. But when she got up, she knew she was loved. And it's never been a problem since that day. So that part of her life, perfect love was in. So there's no fear in it. That's how this works. You have to find a place in him and let him work on you in that area. And when that area is healed up, there's perfect love here, so you have no fear here. Now let's move to this. And I'm, as your pastor, I'm fixing to tell you something that you should have been told years ago. Quit trying to fix everything. Just fix one thing. Just get with him on the one thing. Well, how do I know what it is? Oh, you already know what it is. He's already talking to you about it. Little hinges. Swing big, big doors. And there are things that God's trying to get into your life, into your hands, into your mouth, into your words, into your thought process that has to swing on a very small adjustment. So let me say this and then I'm going to wrap up. Aaron, if you'll come on up. When you understand what perfect love is, now if, if a man of God can do that with her and, and although, although Mac was awesome, and he was dad to us, and we loved him dearly. And it was such a loss when we lost him. It really, you, you talk about leave a void in our life. We still haven't filled it. But he was still flawed because he was a man. As awesome as he was, there was cracks in the foundation. That's just life. 
And if a human can do that, how much more can a Savior who was perfect in every way? Amen. See, salvation's not just about heaven. Amen. It's about wholeness. Amen. The Bible says that Jesus came to seek and save that which was lost. What was that? It wasn't those. That was your identity. It was who you see yourself as and who you see yourself in. My son and I were talking the other day about uh, his job. And you know, as men, we tend to identify with what we do instead of who we are. You meet somebody for the first time, you meet a group of men, the first thing you say is, hey, I'm Alan Bay. Hey, what do you do? That's what we do because that's how we identify. Put women together, most of the time they ask, uh, how many kids you got? It's true. I mean, it's just true. I'm sorry for the most part. But here's the thing. Neither one of those are correct answers. The correct answer is I'm in him. I'm his. So today, all we're doing is moving closer to him again. There's things that he wants to bring out of and put into you that getting close to him is the only way for that to happen. So if you would, just stand with your feet. Stand to your feet with me. I'm going to try to begin to circle here and bring this in for landing. I want you to just close your eyes for a minute. And I want you to remember these words. If you have fear in it, you have no authority over it. So what is it in your life that you're afraid of? Some people are afraid they'll never be successful. Some people are afraid they'll never get married or have a family. Some people are afraid that, that they'll never find the right person. Some people are afraid they, they don't have enough money. Some people are afraid over their finances. Some people are afraid over their physical body, sickness and disease. Some people are afraid that, that old hurts are going to come back to haunt them. Whatever it is, all those are valid. But they are also eligible to be put under the blood. Your identity is not who you were your identity is not what you're afraid of your identity is in him so father I pray over every person in this room right now perfect love casts out all fear we move ourselves into the blood we move ourselves into your word we move ourselves into your hands and father we begin to place whatever it is that's holding us back into you because as long as we're in you, everything's okay. Yes, the wind will blow and the waves will get high and all those things will happen, but we know we're in you. We know that we're in you. Father, I pray right now for every person in this room that wherever their brokenness is, we tend to think and we tend to pray, God, that you'll just put it back together and there'll be a scar there, but... Lord, when you touch things, they don't just heal up. They go back to the original creation. So, Lord, I pray today that we can take our hearts back to the original creation, back to the original intent, back to love, back to a focus on you, back to the place before ministry jaded us, back to the place before preachers hurt us and, and, and we walked away, back to the place where we can just keep our eyes on you, 
back to the place where we don't use our anger as a weapon. Back to the place where we're not trying to diminish others so we feel bigger. But here and now, God, to walk in real freedom, we put ourselves in you. With every head bowed, every eye closed, nobody looking around. If you're in this place and you say, Pastor Allen, I need Jesus in my life. I need to accept him as my Savior. You may have been away for a while. This may be your first time. But you cannot walk in real freedom without Jesus. You cannot walk in real peace without freedom. You can't be covered without the blood. So if you're in this place and you need Jesus, on the count of three, just put your hand up and right back down. Nobody's going to pull you out or embarrass you. I promise you that. We're just all going to pray together. And if it's that you, now, if it's, if it's you, now is your moment. One, two, three, all across the place. Amen. I see hands. Put them right back down. Amen. I see that. Amen. We're going to pray. Church, we're all going to pray together. Those of you who raised your hand, I saw, I saw three hands. Those of you who are raising your hands, I want you to pray this with us, and I want you to pray it boldly. Everybody in this church, say this after me. Say, Father, I accept Jesus Christ as my Savior. He lived for me. He died for me. Now he covers me, and I am saved because I have accepted Jesus as my Savior. From this day forward, talk to me, Lord. Walk with me. Help me be better, and help me be whole. In Jesus' name, amen. People got saved today, church. Now, April, if you'll join me. We got other things to do as far as partnership and all that, but that doesn't matter. What matters is people in this room that are broken. Now, I just want you to just worship. Praise team, if y'all want to come on up and sing softly. If you're in this place and you want agreement and prayer and you say, Pastor, I just need help to move past this in my life. We're not looking for a show. We're not trying to just lay people all over the floor, although your reaction with the Lord is your reaction with the Lord. But you say, Pastor Allen, I'm broken. There's things in me that are wounded. Just like with April, I want perfect love to, to move me past that. If you're in this place and that's you, come on up across the front. Guys, make sure when they come out, just line them up.